Hi, wherever you're listening to me, I hope you're doing well. I'm Hari Arakli and this is today's Tech Briefing. As India's Finance Minister Nirmala Sitharaman presents the country's budget for the coming fiscal year that starts April 1st, expectations are high on all fronts, especially as India is widely seen as the one major economy that will grow strongly during a period when the global economy is expected to slow down. Here's what some of India's startups and VC investors have on their wish list for the budget. In agriculture, we would like to see three things in the upcoming union budget, says Mark Khan, managing partner at Omnivo, a well-known agri-tech-focused venture capital firm. Number one, we need to reboot the yellow revolution and make India self-sufficient in edible oil. For farmers to transition to oilseed farming, the government must radically expand the area under cultivation and facilitate the expansion of processing infrastructure and farmer support systems. Second, the government needs to boost agricultural exports to realize its goal of doubling farmer incomes. This will require changing policies regarding agricultural exports and actively financing the development of export-oriented processing infrastructure. Finally, we believe that innovations in agri-food life sciences are essential to manage the impact of climate change on Indian agriculture. The government has a critical role to play here, catalyzing private sector R&D as well as directly supporting agri-tech startups focused on agri-food life sciences, Khan says. In the past, most of the time the budgetary money allocated goes into various subsidies or loans. While loans and subsidies are important for agri-stakeholders, the grant money to scale up innovative ideas to POC to pilots to commercialization is minimal, says Ankit Alok Bagaria co-founder and CEO of Loopworm, an insects biotech startup in Bengaluru. The Indian biotechnology space also faces a similar dilemma. In the previous year's budget, a significantly large part of the allocated amount that went to the Department of Biotechnology was spent on autonomous bodies and institutes focusing on biotech research. However, support provided in terms of commercialization to startups or corporates remained limited. Therefore, In the upcoming budget 2023, we would be happy to see more focus and support is given towards supporting commercialization of biotechnology companies or startups, Bagaria says. Given that biotech machinery and equipment is quite expensive in India as of today, financial support with loans and subsidies could help a lot in accelerating commercialization and scale-up, he says. For agri-allied or agri-tech innovations and startups, we expect the budget to make scale-up grants available as well independent of whether or not any startup has availed a smaller grant previously. If the startup is ready, they should be helped with the money to scale up. Further, the budget should also be promoting precision agriculture and unconventional forms of agriculture such as algae farming, insect farming and so on, with special allocations or incentives, he says. We expect dedicated incentives for drone service startups, says Prem Kumar Vislavat, co-founder of Marut Drones. Restructuring the PLI scheme is the need of the hour, he says. The 2023 union budget must introduce MSME-focused incentives as they constitute around 90% of companies in the sector. Benefits to the drone services sector are necessary for the success of drone as a service under the government's drone shakti scheme, he says. We need a technically proficient workforce to fulfill the demand of drone services. Benefits towards indigenization and native R&D is of paramount importance to reduce our dependence on foreign OEMs. An additional 10% PLI benefit for companies with more than 50% indigenous intellectual property 
will encourage the innovative companies to innovate more and OEMs to indigenize further to reduce the dependence on imports. It will help propel Make in India and put the Indian drone industry on a self-sustaining trajectory, Wislavat says. The consumer tech and durables market has seen significant growth in two years despite various economic headwinds. For 2023 to continue riding high on this positive momentum, the industry expects reduced tax slabs and a production-linked incentive scheme for more affordable product manufacturing, says Nikhil Mathur, Managing Director, India at GFK. Indian manufacturers are also anticipating a lower GST and relaxation on custom duty on the import of electronic supplies, Mathur says. In the electric vehicle sector, to accelerate the penetration of EVs in the country, the government should include EVs in priority sector lending in order to make financing EVs cheaper and making them more affordable for the masses, says Akshay Singhal, founder and CEO of Log9 Materials in Bengaluru. When it comes to incentives and financial enablers, the government must take into consideration not just the volumes of production committed by manufacturers, but also the technological superiority of the vehicles and battery technologies in terms of safety, longevity and fast charging so as to ensure only the best reaches the final customers, Single says. To ensure the commercial or cargo EV adoption does not remain limited to the larger industry players, the budget must incentivize small businesses and MSMEs to join the ICE to EV transition as well, says Kalyan C. Korimerla, MD and co-promoter of Etrio Automobiles. The fintech industry has created significant economic value, benefited customers and driven financial inclusion, says Manu Rikhe, partner at Merak Ventures. A continued push on adoption of digital currency will help drive the financial inclusion agenda, leading to many benefits ranging from better targeting and consumption of subsidies to lower costs. The recent test rollout by RBI is a step in the right direction and we look forward to it being scaled in 2023, he says. In the last decade, innovation in the fintech industry has created business models that require revisiting our existing regulatory frameworks. Recent actions by the Reserve Bank of India have helped provide clarity but also created business disruption, he says. Dialogue and cohesion between different stakeholders will help the ecosystem anticipate challenges, take preventive measures and provide better clarity for rules and expectations. The daily scale of our digital financial transactions demands immediate attention towards data security and protection. A robust Data Protection Act will help create clarity, address privacy issues, protect consumers and set clear expectations from businesses. The government taking the lead on this will help the industry deliver greater economic value and protect consumer data and interest, he says. In IT services, from the point of view of one of the smaller IT companies, there is a need for the minimum alternative tax to have two slabs, similar to corporate tax, to help incentivize smaller IT companies. This will help in better working capital management, says Sean Yalamanchi, president of InfoVision. For smaller IT companies, the government could provide a tax holiday for five years to set up offshore development centers in Tier 2 and Tier 3 locations, which could improve employment opportunities in those cities and towns. Enhance the safe harbour margin notified for companies from the current limit of 200 crore rupees company turnover to 500 crore rupees, he adds. The limit has not been revisited for more than a decade. 
This will help reduce compliance requirements for smaller companies, Elamanchi says. Overall, the government should actively consider the cost of compliance, litigation and the refund process to improve the ease of doing business, he adds. From the software-as-a-service sector, the past union budget focused copiously on amplifying the digital ecosystem in the country. But to explore a comprehensive digital India, the private and government sectors must be incentivized to adopt indigenous digital solutions developed particularly in the MSME sector, says Gautam Nimagarda, founder and CEO of Quixie, a cloud software provider of no-code solutions. Currently, startups can avail of a tax holiday for three years since incorporation. However, the ideal exemption should be 10 years in view of the high cost of solution development, he says. As positive employment drivers, startups also require government intervention in the expensive affair of hiring and retaining the right talent to drive growth, he says. Despite having several means of financial backing like PMRY, Credit Guarantee Fund for MSMEs, Startup India, MSMEs face tremendous challenges in gaining the right window of financial support. This discourages them from becoming an intrinsic part of the Digital India program, Nimagarda says. Hence, to lead the startups onward and upward, a single window process to enable the right financial support from government would be incentivizing for MSMEs. This will catalyze and leverage the full inherent potential of the Indian technology industry to become champions of digitalization, he says. Yagnesh Sangarachka, co-founder and CFO at 100XVC, summarizes the different expectations of the startup and VC firms in India from the budget. For investors, one, investing in startups is an illiquid investment apart from high risk. There is a strong need to have a total parity on taxation, example base rates, between listed and unlisted securities for investors. It is critical to keep advancing the government's efforts to promote investment. 2. Exemptions from SEBI approvals for Category 1 and Category 2 funds for overseas investment up to a certain minimum investment limit to ensure smaller proposals don't get stuck and delayed. 3. Flipping overseas and outbound mergers of startups should be authorized on a tax-neutral basis. Tax should only be imposed on actual liquidation and not on such restructuring as there is no real income getting generated. This will help Indian domicile startups raise capital at better terms and valuation. 4. Reduction of TDS on virtual digital assets from 1% to 0.25% to enhance this investment asset class volumes, recognizing India-based crypto exchanges by SEBI, creating a framework to support Web3 startup innovation. 5. To increase angel investor pool at seed stage for Indian startups, offer a tax relief incentive of 30% of the cost of equity shares set against the angel investor's income tax liability for the year in which the investment was made. Allow this relief to be claimed on up to 1 crore rupees invested in shares with a maximum possible tax reduction at 30 lakh rupees, Sangrajka says. For startups, ESOPs have long been ignored in India but a growing number of startups' success stories of teams who've used ESOPs to accumulate wealth before going on to found their own startups have slowly begun to change that. Taxing the ESOP at point of sale and not at the time of vesting is a long-standing industry requirement. Encouraging digitization of companies and 100% made-in-India software products. Current rate of GST of 18% for all software products produced and sold in India 
should be reduced to 12% to support indigenous creators of software IP in India, Sangrajka says. A single window for all the relevant registrations such as company incorporation, income tax, patent filing, startup registration with DPIIT, shop and establishment, GST registration, MSME certificate and so on will help save time, efforts and money considerably. For startups, minimum alternative tax rate for qualified startups should drop from 15% to 9% to help startups fulfill their daily working capital needs, especially in the initial stages, he says. Anup Jain, managing partner at Oreo's Venture Partners, says he expects the government to make capital gains tax equal for both unlisted and listed stocks. Further, we need to identify sectors of national importance for dramatic progress of the economy over the next five years and open dedicated pools of capital, Jain says. On the startup ecosystem, institute large funds in both growth stage and late stages to enable domestic ownership of Indian companies. Also, Support state-level incubation centres to drive entrepreneurship and increase pace of deployment of current fund of funds. It is essential to conduct roadshows with foreign governments to showcase Indian innovations, Jane adds. Anjali Bansal at Avana Capital says she expects Budget 2023 to build upon the climate priorities laid down in Budget 2022 and incorporate significant measures to actualize India's goal for net zero by 2070. Bansal is playing a leading role in bringing venture capital to India's climate tech startups. Continued policy support for sustainability across the economy will be instrumental for achieving our climate goals, she says. Measures such as increased PLI for solar and EVs, catalytic thematic funding for climate tech Incentivizing domestic and international investment in green bonds and other climate capital will be welcome. We look forward to a budget that prioritizes sustainable and inclusive growth, Bansal adds. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast app. I'm Hari Thank you for listening. <laughs>